0: Thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today's guest is the first person that we've ever brought back on for a second run, and you'll figure out why in just a second. He literally just released the best album of his musical career and also his debut solo project, and which is called Flourish, and is streaming everywhere. Y'all please help me welcome back Mike Donahue. Mike, man, we made it round two. Let's go.
1: Bro, that's a serious intro you just gave me. I appreciate Ooh. it.
0: We didn't even go into all the accolades and all that stuff because it's not important right now. The only thing that's important right now is we're talking and you have a new album out, which is phenomenal.
1: Live in the moment, bro. I love it.
0: Dude, yes, sir. So I've said it before and I'll also stand by it right now. You're the one of the most consistent songwriters and performers out there. Um, and you've obviously just proved it with flourish. And I really want to dive into like, where did this whole process begin for this record? Um, and what did it get birthed out of?
1: Yeah. You know, it's probably, I was just talking to my wife about this. This record is probably the most time I've ever spent on a record. Um, just cause when you, when you're with a band, you write, you write, you write. And then you kind of get in the studio for two weeks and you're just in there and you just do it, where I was writing these songs and recording these songs all year, last year and half of this year, uh, working with different producers, doing a lot of Zoom stuff. And so I got to live with the songs a lot more and got to re-listen and re-listen. And then I could email and go, actually, I want to add this. And then I would record my kids and go, I want you guys singing the gang vocals on this. And then, so it was just a... Honestly, I was only getting worried that I'd ever be able to finish the record because once you start tinkering too long, you have to eventually go, Okay, it's it's done now.
0: Oh, I love that. And that leads into another question that I had. How was this so much different? You've recorded with a band for the most part your whole career and now moving into just your solo project. You've got hired musicians, you've got other people, you've got full creative control. How different was it to just have that freedom and go into this?
1: So when you're in a band, every decision is decision by committee, right? So how do you like this guitar part? And everyone has to weigh in on it, you know? And for better or worse, this record was a lot easier. It took me longer, but it was easier because when the decision had to be made, it'd be me and a producer and I'd go, do I like this? Oh, I like this. Okay. Yep. Yes. We're doing it. You know, uh, So for me, it's no surprise, for me, this record feels like um, the most proud I've been of a record simply because I'm the one who checked off on everything. So selfishly, it was probably a lot easier.
0: (laughs) I love that so much. And you're also wearing a Tiger Run t-shirt, which is amazing. So let's go. Got Dan Reed and one of your old band members got that amazing Uh, sound going on and um, you just kind of walked out of this era with 10th Ave which you had an amazing it was over a decade with 10th Ave and it's like okay God what's next so what what did that process look like with transitioning out of being in that band and touring all the time and being able to be at home with the kids and obviously we just went through that pandemic and uh, hopefully we're at the tail end of it but we'll see But what did it look like coming out of that?
1: Yeah, um, honestly, not well. I mean, the cool thing was that we had actually decided to end the band before the pandemic started. And so we had just started a farewell tour that got canceled. And probably for the next two months, I kind of just moped and sulked. And went, well, I can't believe we didn't even get to do our farewell tour. Um, what am I even supposed to do? Maybe this is God telling me that I'm not even supposed to do music anymore. You know, I try to do a farewell tour. Can't even do that. And then just honestly, there's a song on this record. I called it Flourish because the first song I wrote for this record was the song called Flourish. And that was a song I just started in my my little office here. And... It was just sort of my defiant fist raise that just because all my circumstances weren't what I wanted it to be, it didn't mean that I couldn't flourish in my soul, you know? And what was crazy is I wrote that song and then it just sort of broke the damn loose. And then I couldn't stop writing songs. And I probably wrote 80 full songs, had over a hundred song ideas and I I realized, well, no, for now I got to keep making music because I I really seem to need it.
0: Yeah. And what a message for this time. Just flourish. We are all going to flourish out of this thing. You know, we're all stuck in a cocoon for um, most of 2020 and then going into 2021, hopefully not into 2022, but It's time for everybody to just, like, if you didn't find something new about you during this pandemic or this time at home with your family, you probably didn't pandemic, right, if that makes sense. But this record is, like, coming out at the perfect time, but I know you uh, just went over the whole song, Flourish, but for the record, is there, like, an overarching theme that you kept holding on to and a specific message that you wanted to put out a little bit in each and every single one of these songs in its own way.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. We picked the name flourish cause it felt like it encom- encompassed all the songs in some way. Uh, these are all my prayers. You know, I feel like this is probably the most intimate record I've written. Cause uh, you know, again, I'm not having to bounce my journal off of four other guys and make sure it resonates with all. It's just, these are the prayers that I need to pray and the songs I need to sing. And um, yeah, I think the biggest thing that I wrestled with during the pandemic was, you know, can I really choose this moment? Um, Cause until you choose the moment you're in, you're going to, feel like a victim to your circumstance. And so there comes a moment where you have to go, I choose this. It's not what I wanted, but I choose to be here right now. And I I guess the overarching theme would be, let's not go back to normal, you know, as the pandemic rescinds and it will, it will eventually, you know, um, let's, let's, let's find a new normal. You know, there's a song on the record called Glory I Couldn't See, which is kind of my anthem for parents, at least for me as a parent, which was, you know what, I I don't want to just race through life and miss my kids. I want to actually see them and and be in the moment. So, yeah, I guess flourishing in the moment you're in, even if it's not the moment that you wanted is sort of the theme of the record.
0: I love that you said that we're maybe going to go back to normal, but what is normal now? You know, are we going to be continuing to wear masks? Are we going to continue to do that? Like, we don't know what it's going to look like. We may just be door dashing for the rest of our life. We don't know. And um, God's really given you a specific message with this. And the music video behind glory, I couldn't see is beautifully articulated with you and your children. Just playing around like it's not a super serious music video but it just grips you emotionally and it's like dang like this dude really loves his kids (laughs) like if you take that away like that's kind of what we view god as right he views us in that way we're his children and um with these music videos with the project with everything kind of coming out in this certain time you have just hope Like we can hold on to hope. We can see hope. Like the beauty that we see coming through this art is God reflecting onto us, right? The art that he's given you, the message that he's given you, the vision that he's given you is translating differently to a bunch of different people, hopefully millions. But this record is just, I like the song Unity Hymn. Just going to go ahead and throw it out there. That's my favorite song on the record. And in the chorus, it goes, "Oh hallelujah, Christ is with us, and Him we live and move and breathe." So, with His, with this breath inside our lungs, now and forever, we will sing. It just sounds like an old timey hymn. Obviously, with the name Unity, hymn, it has to. But where did that come from? That is that's one a- of the big questions I have.
1: Yeah, that's a fun story. Uh, I'm I'm currently working on a second book, which is about learning how to stay in relationship with people you disagree with um, hey. so the message of you, yeah the the message We're of unity 20, bro. the message of unity is just so on my heart i mean it's the thing jesus is always praying for for the disciples and it you know i have the unique position of having played in over th- maybe thousands of different churches over the years and I've kind of been struck by the fact that we actually agree on more than we disagree on, which it's shocking to me that we have so many, um, denominations. I go, these, these things we disagree with or over is just not a big enough deal to separate yourself from the other person. But where the song came from, um, my sister lives just down the street and it was raining one day. She calls me up. She goes, Hey, I, uh, I had a a melody in my dream and I think we're supposed to write this song because it feels like a worship sort of melody. And my sister is in a band, which is an Americana band. So she doesn't write a lot of like explicitly uh, Christian per se songs or songs about faith explicitly. Um, so she goes, I think maybe we should write it for you. And so she came over and we sat at this piano behind me and I mean, we wrote it in 15 minutes. I mean, it just tumbled out uh, because her and I both have that same heart of just wanting to see people love each other even if they disagree. And uh, yeah, I'm really proud of that song. And the fun thing is Jeff, my former guitar player, who's in Tiger Run, uh, that's that's the one track on the record he produced. And I thought he did a great job.
0: He did do a great job. And I kind of like to do something called a track by track. And I guess we already started it just a little bit. And uh, the next song I wanted to talk about was All Together, which was the lead single, which kind of caught everybody like, dang, like he's back. But I'm like, he never left. But that's just me. Um, So the whole song starts off with no more playing Mr. Nice Guy. I'm done pretending that I'm all right. I fake a laugh. Keep acting upper class like I've never had a struggle in my whole life. Oh, can I tell, uh, tell you the state I'm in? Cracks or where the light gets in. Maybe we don't have to have it all together. What if grace made it safe to tell you the truth? Oh. And then just going down in one other line I wanted to talk about was um, the 12-step line. It's like, why can't the church look like that? So just starting from the beginning of the song and then moving into that, where did this song come from?
1: Yeah. So it started... Uh, I was writing with a producer friend of mine named Mike Kuiper. Um, he also co-wrote a, a track on the record called something that I can't explain. And, uh, we, we were sitting there and we were watching, um, uh, videos of different artists playing like tiny desk concerts for NPR, uh, series. And we were getting into like some sort of hip hop grooves stuff we were listening to and I said to him, "You know, my best friend in the world is an addictions counselor, and he always tells me the most profound, sacred moments he's ever experienced in his life have been sitting in the circle where the people who are getting treated for addiction are sharing like one hundred percent vulnerable, and then are met with a hundred percent acceptance." He goes, "That that tension between those two things, when those happen." It's the most holy thing I've ever experienced. And um, I said to Micah, I go, but here's the deal. You know, what's weird when I go to church. A lot of times it's like we can, uh, we can share about past struggles. There's past struggle testimony time, but we don't usually have a current struggle testimony time in church. If you do, you get a special group, you know, it's called celebrate recovery or something like that. And if you've ever been to a celebrate recovery program, which is kind of AA meets church, uh, I always go, man, this is just what church should be right here. Yeah. So we just start writing and I was just, I was just riffing, feeling a little swaggy, you know, uh, after what we'd been listening to. And, uh, I said, man, if, if it's the real big thing on that song is me trying to point the finger at myself of going, I have to be vulnerable. I got to stop blaming the church isn't vulnerable enough. I go, because in that second verse, I say, I want a church that looks like 12 steps where all are honest and accepted, but it's going to take myself to cultivate that kind of life that others haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. Have you ever noticed the second you take the initiative to be vulnerable, suddenly it frees other people up to be vulnerable with you? And I think a lot of times we're all waiting on somebody else to be vulnerable. So
0: what are some ways that you've found yourself being able to break more freely from not being vulnerable and to open up about it, whether it's in songwriting, speaking, writing books? um, Is there a process that you went through to just break free from it? It's just
1: doing it. I mean, it's one of those things you just have to exercise that muscle. and. And unfortunately, what happens with some of us is we take that first step of confession vulnerability and we and we share it with someone who's not safe and who doesn't really understand the grace of God. And so they meet us Jimmy Fallon style, you know, yeah, and they shame us. And what happens is someone who when that happens, someone who's first taking that initial step, they withdraw even more like a like a crab into its hermit shell, you know, and. But when you are vulnerable with someone who meets you with that acceptance, it just emboldens you. And eventually you can even share with people who aren't safe because you don't
0: care anymore. Kind of like you on stage, those funny faces you make. Let's go. Um, Dude, it's it's a process. It's a whole process and you wanted to be an actor before you wanted to be a musician. So we, we all see that it worked in your favor. I'm not saying you'd be a bad actor or anything. In fact, I don't even know, but you've got a gift for music. So let's roll with that too. All right. It's just, it's phenomenal to see all of this come into life because I know the first time we spoke, you were at the lake and we weren't doing video yet. So we don't have that on video, but it, it was a whole thing. Like I didn't know when music was going to come out. It was like, Oh, maybe we should talk about 10th Avenue, Maybe we should talk about this, like dive into your story. You just had a book come out and just to see where you've come in a little over a year is encouraging. Yeah. Like people see the pandemic, like, Oh, people like, obviously people have died and it's been a bad thing, but not everything that came out of it was bad. Like we got this record. We've got, um, Happiness, Like I found my, I feel like I really honed into my calling during this pandemic. It was almost like we were cocooned in to where we can flourish and grow out like butterflies. Um, I'd be a pretty dope butterfly, just saying. But it's, it's like, dang, like the worst of scenarios can turn into the best of scenarios for some. Like it may not look like that for everybody, but for me, myself, like speaking for myself right now, this pandemic was time that I needed to refresh and really just dive back into my calling get off the road like now I don't go on the road like praise God Mm -hmm. and it it seems like it was that way for you as well in your family being able to spend a lot more time with them a lot of people that are touring are like dang I don't know how to do life at home like I don't know how to handle these kids my wife usually does it and uh, we learn a lot of situations in that way but man this is this has been a phenomenal time Uh, We're going to end up doing a third and a fourth and a fifth because you're just going to keep putting out dope content. Am I right?
1: I mean, Lord willing and the creek don't rise.
0: (laughs) Well, um, is there anything else you want to plug? Podcasts, books coming out, etc.?
1: Yeah, I am recording some new podcast episodes right now. We're going to do Chasing the Beauty Season 2, probably starting sometime in September. I've recorded several episodes for that, and uh, the book is still a ways off. I got to turn in a rough draft here at the end of the month, so I'm still
0: percolating. Um, Yeah, percolating is a big word. Yeah, I
1: guess so. Uh, You know, but honestly, I, I, I'm with you. I really am so excited that you're digging the record because I'm every time when you're an artist, you listen back to the record. And it's it's the worst. I mean, mostly what you're hearing are the things you would have done differently. And I usually have, you know, 20, 30 of those things as I listen through a record. And this record, I have maybe two or three. Of, oh, I would have done a different drum groove there. I would have done this different. But after that, I'm, I'm going, no, I love this. I love this record. So I, I hope everybody takes a listen to it.
0: Dude, as I've said millions of times in this episode, I love it too. And we're going to put the link in the description below here. If you guys have just tuned in and just figured out about the podcast, number one, you're a little late. Number two, go check out Mike's record, Flourish, which is available everywhere. And I just want to thank New Release Today for making this episode happen as usual. And take a break for yourself. If there's any call to action, go join 12 Step. Go join Celebrate Recovery may not go that extreme right off the bat, but you know what is a good place to start and a good place to end. So praise God for that. Mike, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you guys next week.
1: I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing.